Show. I'm Noah. I am Aspen. This is the boat show where we talk about any and everything that may be applicable to you. Or not. And today is Sunday. Yet again. Which is probably applicable to most people. Not that you're listening to this on Sunday, but that you experience Sundays. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to tie that in. <laughs> Everyone knows what Sunday feels like. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyhow. Coming off the heels of my weekend, and this is like, I guess just a weekend day for you because you have Sunday and Tuesdays off like a madman. I know. Someday I'll have Saturday and Sunday off like a regular person. Or even Sunday, Monday. Yeah. I used to have Sunday, Monday off when I worked for the Parks Department. Right. That was nice. But then again, I had an hour commute both ways, so... If any of my Parks friends are listening to this, hey, <laughs> they're probably not. <laughs> but Never know. You never know. My old boss, I don't know if I'm allowed to name drop him, but Larry. Give him a... Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll give him a fake name. Larry. No, his name was actually Larry. But I don't know. The Parks Department is pretty general. It's like it has a bunch of different divisions, so. Yeah. But... There's got to be more than one Larry. Oh, absolutely. I actually know more than one Larry in that realm. So, yeah. Anyhow, how's your week going? It's been good. I had can a very... Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Can you hear me? Sh- I can't hear shit through my headphones. I can't tell if they're dead or... It's probably because you have some padding over your ears with your yeah. beanie. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you just fine. Okay, that's all you, that matters. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. But, um... Yeah, my week's been going good. I think that it's been a little exhausting. And, but when is it not? Yeah. And it means you're working hard. It is. It's been a little wet the last couple days, too. So it's like yesterday I got rained on and I had to like be outside, like out from under the covered area for like three hours of the day. So I got, all my layers got soaked through, but I always, if it's raining, I always bring like five layers with me and I'll keep two dry ones in the car so I can like change them out. You gotta look into the raincoats your mom suggested, Grundin. Oh yeah. I looked into those. They're a little on the spendier side, but they last forever. Well, the thing is I wanted to get like a knee length one. Like a like trench a poncho? Coat. Yeah. Not a poncho because I need it to have like tighter arms, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know. The thing is... Is, I think I still have those, though. Yeah. The rain jacket I have right now, it'll be waterproof for, like, two hours, and then it soaks through. And I just need to get one of the rubber ones so that it can't even have the opportunity to. But it'll drip down, and then it'll, like, hit me right above the knee because that's where the jacket ends. And so my pants will be, like, dry up until right above my knee, and then it'll be just, like, soaking wet and cold. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, it's the worst. So I think I'm going to get... One of those lightweight rubber raincoats that's like knee length. So when I wear my rain boots, they'll just like meet and it, I'll just be like completely dry. Yeah. I'll be so You should buy it soon though. It's like starting to rain every day now. I was thinking about that on my way home yesterday and I totally spaced it. So maybe after we're recording this, I'm going to order a rain jacket. You should. It'll be a good investment. But yeah, I clipped a horse yesterday with my shears, Mm -hmm. like my clippers and went well but nobody probably cares about that so (laughs) how's your week going honey that's good 
been kind of all over the place. I drove up to Granite Falls, which is like an hour drive from where we live. Yeah. And it was wild. Yeah. I woke up at 6.30 because we had a start time of 8. And like oh, I was nice. still cutting it so close. Oh, really? Just because of how much traffic there was. Jeez. And it's like in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Oh, nice. Yeah. But it was a good job. We were only there for like two hours. Oh, that's good. And, and we were in Seattle. Like oh, East Seattle. Fun. Yeah, so week's been good. Just kind of trekking on. I realized I should probably buy myself some knee pads for when I have to go into attic and crawl spaces that are gravel Ow. or concrete because my pants are pretty thick and padded all around, but... But not to the extent that not, you want. Yeah, not... Especially with my knees. It's like if I want to save the cartilage of my knees, I need to get knee pads. Yeah, that would hurt. I have so many scars on my knees from, yeah. like, falling and, like, getting scraped up. The worst is when you're on your knees and, like, you... A rock hits just that weird in-between of where your cartilage yes. is. And, like, it kind of, like, makes you buckle mm-hmm. because it feels so fucking weird. Or it, like, shoots up because it, like, hits that nerve and you, like, can't move. So you're just kind of like, ow, 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 ow. Yeah. Yeah, that's the worst. But, yeah, yesterday, Aspen and I went to Harvest Beat in Seattle. Oh, my gosh. And their menu is so good. We had the grandest time. Have we talked about Harvest Beat before? Yes. Okay. We're going to talk about it again, though, because yeah. it's so good. Yeah. Just to recap for those of you who aren't active listeners of every single episode that we drop on Thursdays. Um, Thursday-ish, we should say. Yeah. Because... We're kind of inconsistent sometimes. Well, it's not even that. It's like... It's partly on us, and it's partly on our editor, and it's nothing personal. Yeah, Havana. No. (laughs) It's like, sometimes I won't text her a description, or she'll be editing it late at night, and it's totally understandable. Yeah. So, Thursday-ish, we should say. We we post it once a week. It's there. Yeah. So, go follow on any listening platform that you choose. Anyhow. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Harvest Beat. It's I'm going to pull like, up the menu so we can read it. Okay, maybe not because I think I left my phone downstairs. I have my phone on me. I will look it up. But basically what it is, is it's like fine, fine dining, dining for vegan. vegans. Yeah. And it's like... They get all their ingredients from local farms and local foragers. Mm-hmm. It's the only high-end vegan restaurant in this area, I would That we say. know of. Well... I've looked around and it's hard to find them. Right. I mean, they have other ones that are like nice, like Cafe Flora, but they also have non-vegan options. So this is the one that's like specifically tailored to okay, yeah. a vegan lifestyle. And it's also like the only one that I know of that's like vegan and like five course. Cafe Flora is like, I would just call it a higher end restaurant, not fine dining. Mm-hmm. Just because you go in and you sit down, you order off a menu, and it's yeah, not like it's not set, set out for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think their menus do change seasonally, though. Yeah, not as often as this place does. This right. one changes like once a month, right? Yeah, once a month, once every three weeks. Table yeah, potato. something like that. But um, yeah, I think that we both decided that we're going to start trying to go like every menu rotation because. It's not like, I mean, it's an experience, so it's definitely, like, not a cheap dinner, and it's not, like, something where you could just be like, oh, we're going to go, you know, but... Well, for one, you need reservations. Yeah, you need to reserve a table, and, but, you know, it's worth it to us, I think. I mean, we both work our tails off during the week, and 
we're like not poor so well when you think about it it's like only a hundred dollars from each of our paycheck yeah that's totally true and it's not like uncommon considering that a lot of people will spend like if they go to a nice steak dinner it'll be like a hundred dollars just for the steak exactly so it's like considering all the things that they give us it's so 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 worth it plus if you just get the food i'm pretty sure it's like 70 dollars for the whole plating and then yeah it's like closer to 70 and then and then if you get the like non-alcoholic elixir pairings it's like a little more and then obviously tip is important so you like include that but no no tip (laughs) no tip we don't appreciate you everyone there's so nice though oh my gosh so here's a story i was calling to uh make our reservation on friday and normally you have to reserve your table a few days in advance because they'll just fill up or like a week in advance if it's a weekend day and so i was like going on their website to reserve one for last night saturday night and they were all booked up online i was like oh darn it so i was like so disappointed and we were trying to figure out other things that we could do because we just really wanted to do like a nice dinner for ourselves to be able to go on a proper date and like have some conversation. Yeah. Side note. I almost drove out to Portland to get us pizza. Yeah. He almost, he literally was dead serious. Yeah. <laughs> but Virtuous Pie. We talked about it on our Portland episode. Oh, so good. That and Dirty Lettuce. Oh my gosh. Between those two we were going to get. But we didn't. We went into going to this place. Yeah. So I was like talking to my mom about it and I was really disappointed. She was like, oh, you should just call them. She's like, we know the owner. And I was like, yeah. So I call on the owner, Aaron, answers. And he was, like, asking me, or I was, like, explaining our situation to him. And he was like, oh, okay. He was like, have you been here before? And so I gave him my mom's phone number. I was like, my number isn't registered in there, but I bet it's with my mom's number. And he was like, oh, I know them. You guys are VIPs. And I was like, are we? And so he was, like, super chill, super nice, as he always is, and he made sure that we got a table, even though online it said there were no more tables. So, <laughs> I was like, God bless you, Aaron. What a guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm super grateful for kind people. It's because your parents go there so often, and your dad's just... You friends know, with mis- everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, he... He's friends with the owner, and whenever we go there, they always make small talk and catch up. Yeah. So it's super nice. And now, I was hoping to actually get to know him when we went there, because I was going to... Me too. You know, introduce ourselves. Yeah, I was going to say thank you. We'll just have to thank him next time. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. I don't know. I think it's funny. My dad has that personality where, like, he'll make friends with literally anyone, and it has paid off in so many different ways, where, like he'll know somebody who does something we'll be like oh i wish we had this and we like oh i know a guy who does that yeah but yeah so for us it's like oh man i wish we had a tiny home yeah <laughs> and now your dad's fixing us up the trailer literally okay side note i will read the menu in a second but i was just thinking so i listened to this one podcast um episode the other day and i don't know if i've mentioned it but the podcast is acting my age with rohini elise and she lives in like Bellevue area or something. She's like from the Pacific Northwest and, um, but she just, she's super similar to me. She just like, likes to talk about manifesting and astrology and futures and dreams and stuff like that. Yeah. And she did this one episode where she asked people to send in like their dream life and was like, she was talking about her dream life and it got me thinking because I almost wrote one in, but I forgot to, but 
it is so crazy to me how, and we were just talking about this last night, how kind of like our ambitions when we were just a couple of years younger are like unfolding in front of us now. And how even though this year has been like super difficult in different ways for us, right? it's like finally starting to get over that peak where you can like see all the good things you're about to experience. Yeah. Because I'm sure I've, I, I know I've talked to you about this before, but like when I was younger, literally from the age of five onward, my dream was to get married to someone at a super young age and to just have like have this beautiful wedding and to be a mom. Like those have been my dreams since I was like super little. And obviously I have like business dreams and stuff like that for a career, but there's just nothing that compares to that for me. And as I've gotten older, like I always just wanted to have the experience of like kind of leaving, leading um, like an alternative lifestyle and just like living in a unique place for my first home. And what do you know, like our first home. And I told my parents when I was younger that I wanted my dad to build the house that would be my first home. And I wanted to live close to them because I wasn't ready to just leave. Yeah. And one of my sisters brought this up to me the other day and she's like, didn't you used to say that when you were like eight or nine? I was like, oh my gosh, I totally did. (laughs) But like my dad is building the inside of the trailer that we're going to live in. We're going to be super nearby and we're still going to be able to like have our own individual life, but we're not going to be living miles and miles away from them. And not that like I would be upset if we did live far, farther away, but I don't know. I feel like both of us really value like family and that community sort of thing. Yeah. We also still really value our own personal space. And so I think it's just going to be a great opportunity for that. But truly I'm like living out my dream. We're like planning our wedding and I'm marrying my high school sweetheart and living in a trailer that my dad built and I'm going to bake bread and make tea and read books and be happy. It's very exciting. Yes. <laughs> Onto the delicious menu. Not okay, that's onto not this important. menu. Okay, so normally the first, or not normally, all the time, the first and second course are plated together. And so they're like a soup and salad. And they also have these elixirs. I got the elixir pairing, which was super good. The first one was like this sweet pea mint elixir. And the pea flavor was like a little bit there, but it was very minty. More mint. And it was kind of like, had like a berry flavor too. So that was really good. I was wondering why it was red. Yeah. I think it had like huckleberries or yeah. something in it. But um, so the soup was this tomato bisque with um, toasted cashew mozzarella on top, like a little round of it. And there, I don't know how they make their cashew mozzarella cheese, but it's so good. It's like creamy and rich and like, oh, so good. And then the salad was a sage caramelized onion cornbread. Oh, wait, they had... They had that on the side. So it was like sage caramelized onion cornbread, which it was like moist and pillowy and crunchy on the top, like crunchy on the top, soft and like warm on the inside and just like melt in your mouth flavor. So good. And then the salad was a pear and shaved fennel mixed green salad with a basil huckleberry dressing, which chef's kiss. It had like toasted pepitas on the top. And, like, the pears were so fresh-tasting, and fennel goes with everything that they serve there. So, like, 
Yeah, I typically don't like pears, but when I had it in the salad, I I. yeah, I was t- a little skeptical. But like when you try everything together, ooh, the flavors just complement each other so, so fucking nice. Good. I'll read this next one. Yes. So we can both take turns. Um, and for that one, it was the apple ginger thyme elixir that's paired with that. That was really good. Yeah. Third course: starburst squash stuffed with roasted garlic, pickled pepper hummus. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> Finished with cherry tomatoes, microbasil, and balsamic reduction. And then this one is a melon raspberry leaf elixir. This one was so good. Like the house-made hummus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say that melon raspberry leaf elixir, that's not the one that I got. She gave me a different one last night. But like... I think it's because we said we didn't want any thick elixirs. Yeah. So she gave us a substitute. She gave me this one that was like lemon and raspberry and... It was sparkling. And rose, uh, no, rosemary? No, that was a different one. Yeah. No, because that's the... The fourth course was pear sage rose. No, no, no. I said rosemary. Oh. So it was like rosemary and um, and lemon and like something else. It tasted like, like homemade super, super complex lemonade. It was so, so good. It was a little sparkly. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Anyhow, um, you, you, you and I were talking about at dinner. We were like, we typically don't like squash, but the way they cooked yes. this squash was like cooked to perfection. Oh my gosh! The texture was so pleasant and mm-hmm. it was like buttery almost. Yeah. The hummus was really complex too. Yeah. If you, what's I found kind of weird, but I also really liked it. it was hot hummus. Mm-hmm. Like temperature wise, hot hummus. Yeah, it was like warm on top of the squash. So. I was telling Noah last night that I don't normally like squash. squash. Like, I only like butternut and kabocha squash. Right. And sometimes delicata. But all the other squashes, I will try so hard to eat them. But, like, I literally gag. Like, I'll vomit. It's not good. I don't know what it is. It's always, like, the texture and, like, the smell of it mixed with... Ugh, it's so bad. But this one last night was, like so good it was like really creamy and even like the little squash seeds on the inside were like so yummy i don't know what they did to it it was so good though oh man you're gonna do the fourth course yes okay so this fourth course was like the main course and that's where i had a pear sage rose elixir which was super good it was like when you smelled it it was like like Very really rose st- heavy. No, it smelled a lot like pears, I thought. Really? I, all I got was rose. Really? All I got was pear. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. But I tasted it, and the rose was like the first thing that hit me. Mm-hmm. So good. But it was a masa, which is like, if you don't know what that is, it's like cornmeal, but finer. It's like corn flour. Encrusted Anaheim pepper, which was kind of spicy. Was, I liked it, though, a lot. Yeah, it was super good. And then it was stuffed with toasted cumin, lobster, mushroom, cashew cheese, which, like, if you've ever had lobster mushrooms, they've served them a few times at when we've gone. And they're orange, and they do taste like lobster. Like It's wild. It's so crazy. It smells like lobster. It tastes like lobster, but it's just a mushroom. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and then I was on a bed of uh, kale, like, that they, mas- like, massaged kale. So it kind of, like, breaks up the harshness of it, and it's, like... Softer. N- not, it's, like, not crunchy it's just like chewy i would say yeah 
And then there was a creamy polenta and lobster mushroom thyme sauce um, finished with microgreens. So... I think that one might have been my favorite. And that one also had, like, this, like... I don't remember what they did. It was, like, this drizzly thing over the top. Do you remember that? It wasn't the gravy, but it was something else. Yeah, and there was, like, something else. I don't know if it was on the menu or not, but... Oh, my gosh. It was so, so good. Last and certainly not least, dessert. Peach cobbler with a coconut caramel sauce. This was Aspen and I's favorite. It was... So good. Favorite dessert we've had there so far. Yeah. They did have tiramisu last minute. That was really good. Yeah. But I don't think that, like, I definitely think it reminded me of peach cobbler, but it was on a sponge cake. And so it wasn't cobbler-esque. It was Mm -hmm. very, like, like, it was this little square of sponge cake, and they had, like, these, like... Cooked pear peaches the peaches were like yeah they had like this glaze over them so they were like sticky and like warm and sweet and they kept the skin on which i really liked because it was like so good but they had those and all this stuff is like super local and it's like delivered to them in the morning so it's like as fresh as it possibly can be and i was like on the edge of crying when i ate it it was so good (laughs) oh yeah i gotta read the pairing for that Oh, yeah. Let me open it with my face. And then the pairing for this one was... Oh, they just had the oolong tea. Their house-made tea. Yeah. Yeah. Which is still really good. It was like oolong mint tea. It was so yummy. But highly recommend this place. Oh, my gosh. And this isn't an ad for them whatsoever. We just really think that more people should be Mm -hmm. trying this place. Even if you're not vegan, it's like, it's definitely worth a shot to open your mind to new foods and new flavors and things you wouldn't have thought of before because you and I cook vegan food, obviously. Oh, yeah. But it's like, who the fuck would have thought to massage kale so that it's softer? (laughs) Yeah. Let alone make this cashew-based mozzarella yeah that or stuff a pepper you know that's encrusted with masa mm-hmm. they're super creative and the owners are like super passionate about their place it's like very down-to-earth people yeah it's a small restaurant so there's and right now they're at 50 percent capacity because of the whole the virus thing but um they i want to say they probably have like 15 tables I think it's a little bit more than that. Maybe maybe 20 tables, something like that. It's probably t- closer to 20 because they have yeah. the main by the bar, and then they have, I think you could probably sit at the bar. Yeah. And then you Absolutely. have that small upstairs section before you got get to where we sat. Right. So maybe like 25 or 30. Mm, I wouldn't say that many. 25? I would say between 15 and 25, somewhere okay. around there. But yeah, if you have a couple hundred dollars to spare and someone that you love... Take them out to dinner to that place. It's yeah. so good. So good. Great place to have really good conversations. Aspen and I unpacked a lot of thoughts that we had and about lots of different subjects. I've talked about before, I really love to journal on this show. And typically, whatever I write in my journal, like I'll share with Aspen. I'll just be like, oh, today I journaled about this today. Yeah. And I'll be like, this is my thoughts on this. This is what I've been thinking about. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And I was relaying to Aspen, I'm a very critical thinker and deep thinker. I just don't verbalize it a lot. Mm -hmm. Typically, it's me writing or just talking to myself in my own head. Mm -hmm. And 
I also talked to her about how I, I still want to be really creative because before we started this podcast, I had a deep passion for filmmaking and I really wanted to be a filmmaker, like mm-hmm. a director and a writer. But um, I didn't know where to start for that. So yeah. I needed to find something that would make me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so here I am as an electrician. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean I still can't do it, but yeah, it's... I feel like sometimes I just have a lot to say on the world or my point of view and not necessarily my opinion on something, but just how my experiences have helped shape my morals and shape who I am and, you know, taking a step back to look at how you can grow in self-improvement. And I've been really wanting to share those things somehow, whether it's through a post on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever mm-hmm. i just been really wanting to share this wisdom i've accumulated over the years and i'm not saying i'm over the top wise because obviously i still have a lot to learn yeah but i guess it's more would be geared more toward younger males in either in the same situation to me or who are just looking for some sort of advice yeah and again not saying i have all the answers but it's like what my story and what others can take away from it yeah definitely I've definitely felt that way about, like, I feel like my entire life I've always been the type of person who wants to help people or, like, wants to give advice, but people never really want to listen or they don't... People never really ask me for advice or unless, you know, unless it's you, but you obviously, like, we don't ask each other for, like, advice how to, you know, do something super complex most of the time. It's like how to be a better person for the other person instead you know Mm -hmm. what I mean but I feel like that would be a really cool thing to do eventually and I think that's why I get so excited about being a mom and like having kids is it's like you get to be that source of wisdom for those people right and it's like you kind of help them to become the people that they want to be and the people that they are destined to be but um I think it'd be so cool to be able to, like, have some sort of platform kind of similar, like you were saying, where you can just, like, you know, share your advice. I think that's why I would really love eventually to have, like, an advice episode. If people, like, send in advice that they need for certain situations, and obviously everyone would be anonymous, but... um, If you wanted to be. Yeah, if you wanted to be, but if not, then you got some guts. (laughs) But I think that that would be cool. Um, I think that Noah and I are very similar in the way that we like to try to help people fix their problems or we try to help people, maybe not even if they have problems, but if they're just looking on how to improve a certain area of their life. Noah and I both really like to be that kind of person. But Yeah. Well, even yesterday, something that was surface level at first turned into something a convers a lot deeper conversation when we were discussing films and yeah. my passion for writing mm-hmm. and seeing all these different f- films and tv show and different types of protagonists and we were talking about how you know at superhero movies typically the core is the hero has to make the more difficult decision Mm -hmm. in terms of staying good, staying true to their morals, because Mm -hmm. in a way, the easy way is to kill, steal, you know, be mean Mm -hmm. in a lot of certain ways, but 
you, the most difficult decisions require a strong-willed person. Yeah. And that's why I really gravitate toward not even superhero movies, but also films or TV shows that have a strong protagonist. And it's like, you know, despite, you know, them being through going through some shit or mm-hmm. life knocking them down countless times, they still actively choose to be a good person and follow their morals and have a good moral code to spread to others. Mm-hmm. No matter how big of a scale that is. Right. I totally agree. I think that... Sorry, on a side note, my eyelid muscle is, like, twitching, and it's driving me insane. (laughs) Won't stop twitching. It's so annoying. Anyhow. um, Yeah, I think that's why I like watching movies so much, and I like to watch... I was telling Noah last night that I kind of... Even though I like adventure movies, or I like you know, action movies sometimes. Most of the time I really like watching dramas or movies that are just about, you know, people living their life because I feel like those movies always have a really interesting message. And, like, and especially when I watch them with Noah, like, I feel like you and I... I was telling you this last night, but, like, you and I have such a different perspective on how we process movies. Right. And so, like, most of the time, the types of movies that I like will watch them or something and it's not that you won't like them but you'll just have a A wildly different perspective on them than you would have ever thought yeah and you don't really think about like the way like the themes that i picked up on and i don't think about the, the things that you picked up on and so you'll like for example when we watched uh Call me by your name. Oh, here we go again. What? <laughs> no, just because this is like the prime example of our our two viewpoints. Oh, it's not a bad thing, no, but I just think it's, it's so funny. It's so true. Okay, so it call me by your name, a brief synopsis, and I'm gonna give it away at the end, so sorry, but spoiler warning. It's been out for a while, so you should see it by now. Um but Call Me By Your Name basically is about this young boy who's like sixteen or seventeen and his family lives in Italy and his dad's a professor and the the dad has this like college graduate guy come to like apprentice with him for a summer or something or learn from his dad's professor and it's kind of this 17 year old boy's like sexual awakening and they end up falling in love and like quote unquote falling in love and but and at the end the uh the student kid, the college guy, he leaves and ends up marrying this girl. And the teenage boy's, like, heartbroken and he's, like, crying and stuff. And Noah was, like, really disappointed when we first watched this movie. He was like, this is kind of lame. And I was like, why? And he goes, because there was no, like, emotional connection. And, like, sorry if this is mature content, but we're mature people, so basically like the whole basis of the relationship that Noah pointed out that I didn't notice at first was like all sexual like that's all he was interested in was like kissing and touching and like all that hot stuff and so we have young years editing this I know that's why I'm trying to keep it brief (laughs) um but but Noah was like I'm just kind of disappointed that you know he was like so heartbroken when he left but there was really no emotional connection other than that aspect. They were just like, fuck buddies. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Hov. <laughs> she knows. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, 
and it kind of got me thinking. I was like, oh, that's so disappointing, but it's so true. Like, I didn't see that perspective. But then it made me realize that that's the whole point of the movie. That, like, generally young love is about the physical aspect and is not about a deeper connection. And so it's, like, disappointing to see that happen, but it's relevant in a lot of young relationships because that's what young relationships are generally based off of. Right. And so we started talking about that and how it's kind of there to call out young people's naivety in relationships, and it's there to um, bring awareness to how so many people do that and they get upset and act like they're heartbroken when really they're just disappointed that they're not able to be physical with that person anymore. Yeah. You know? I pointed out in my quote-unquote analysis of this movie... <laughs> no, I was a scholar. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. I took one film class. <laughs> yeah, I'm a film student. <laughs> Anyways, I pointed out that there's this one very beautiful scene in the movie where they're, they're laying in the grass and all they're doing is talking and looking at the sky and... Forgive me, but I, I do not remember what they're talking about, but yeah, it was a very beautiful scene, and I really loved that moment of the movie of that relationship. Mm-hmm. I just wanted more of that. Yeah. And not just this all-you-can-screw buffet. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's why it's a beautiful movie still, and, a, and it's a book, too. I think that's why they're such beautiful pieces of uh, media, I should say is that it's beautifully disappointing. Yeah. It's like, it's designed for you to be disappointed. And it's designed for you to want that. But the character, the 17-year-old character is so immature that he doesn't see the grander scheme of things and he doesn't see what else he could have had. Yeah. So he's just heartbroken over that. And I'm sure that there was like some element of emotional connection that was supposed to be there in the movie. But for the most part, after you pointed out that it's a lot of physicality and not a whole lot of like intellectual and, and emotional connection, right? I was thinking about that, and you know whether the director or the author of the book intended that or not. That's kind of like an, a cool theme that they included, whether they meant to or not. That yeah, that you know, young people are sometimes immature in that yeah. way, or generally. I wouldn't say sometimes a lot of young people I know. Yeah. I'm saying this like I'm old. I'm 19 years old. <laughs> but I don't know. I think that Noah and I were talking last night too about our relationship. And and I told him that we were going to mention relationships again on this podcast. It's the core of it. But, you know, I just think that we have kind of recognized that. What we have is so rare for, in our yeah. age group. <laughs> That's why people always look down on us, and that's why people, whenever they catch up with me, they always ask me if I'm still with you, because I can see, I can see why it's expected. Because, you know, I mean, we were talking about this last night. How you can either learn how to be a good partner from multiple partners, and you just break up after you like learn that one thing. And then you go on to the next one, you learn a different thing. Or you can, like, learn the same things from the same partner, and you can just have a little more roller coaster ride with them. Yeah. 
until you finally hit this point where you're like, oh, wow, we've learned a lot together, you yeah. know? Side note, um, going back to Call Me By Your Name, there's this one scene <laughs> that I found absolutely hilarious. Oh and it's when um, the mom is asking uh, her son what he wants for dinner. And he just goes, spaghetti! <laughs> no, he does not. I know, I've been wanting to make that joke for the past five minutes. Because <laughs> it takes saw, place in Italy. <laughs> Noah saw one video today where this guy was talking about spaghetti. It was Joshua Wiseman. Oh yeah, he was like talking about spaghetti, and then all of a sudden he goes, spaghetti! <laughs> and he was like cracking up. <laughs> so we've been making that joke like all morning. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. What are we having for dinner? Spaghetti. <laughs> we really are. But uh yeah, I just think that like I think that's why I love watching movies about relationships is it makes me think about why relationships work and why they don't. Yeah. And it makes me kind of like analyze the way that I show up in our relationship and like how I can improve, I guess. You know? Yeah. I was thinking about, what was I thinking about? I was thinking about how when we watched, or no, so when we were talking, you were talking about having multiple partners, uh-huh. my perspective on that was, we talked about it on this show before, I had, you know, one ex-girlfriend before you, mm-hmm. and for me it was... My parents are divorced and my grandparents are divorced and I was I just did not want, you know, lots of breakups, let alone to get divorced when I was older. Mm-hmm. And you can like you said, you can learn and grow together or you can figure out one thing and then have to relearn an entire person again and that was when we've had rough patches for me, it was, I do not want to start over. I've already mm-hmm. learned so much about you and learned so much about myself mm-hmm. in this two-year span where it's like, I'd be starting at ground zero. And yeah. having to learn someone's quirks, what they like and don't like. You know, it's, it's fun at first, but then, you know, when you get to the nitty-gritty, how does this person argue and mm-hmm. what really upsets them mm-hmm. and what you do that upsets them, it's like, yeah, yeah. you got to fucking start all over again. Yeah. I think that that was my fear going into relationships, and I actually, like, I think I've told you this before, but when we first started dating for, like, the first month, I didn't, like, question you, but I was like, oh, man, was that a good decision to start dating him? Like, what if I do something wrong? And I was, like, so worried to make a mistake. And we were just talking about this last night, like, the honeymoon phase. (laughs) So... I feel like, and I feel like we're a bunch of old farts. Like, we just talk about, like, oh, yeah, we're just so old. And, like, but honestly, there's, like, the honeymoon phase, which I would say lasts, like, six months, maybe? Six to nine months? At least that's how long I feel like ours did. Like, six months? Yeah. And then you have your first, like, quote-unquote fight, argument, whatever you want to call it. Disagreement, as we call it. Yeah. And, you know, some of the things that we've disagreed upon our disagreements and then other times it's really stupid yeah like but even then like i like to think about our rough patches like they're not even arguments we're not even arguing over something we're just like pointing out that one of us made a mistake and then the other one points out that the other person made a mistake and so you're just like ah but they're valid mistakes yeah (laughs) but they're like different mistakes but neither one is worse or better than the other you know but we were talking about how there's like a fear around 
like having that first moment and like experiencing that and how sometimes in relationships you will avoid disagreeing upon something or arguing or having a different opinion or standing up for something that you don't like. I mean, I was talking about this, that, that literally within this year, I have learned how to just straight up tell you when you hurt my feelings or when you upset me, because like we've, we've learned together that just holding on to those things and letting them like build up and just going like, Oh, it's fine. It's just going to lead to something really dramatic that you don't need to deal with. Which thankfully we did not have. Yeah. We didn't have that. I guess it would be dramatic for early stage us, but yeah, we don't really deal with conflict dramatically anymore. We just both get, like, really sad and quiet, (laughs) and then we'll talk about it. (laughs) But I don't know. I feel like I I was just thinking about, like, young us in our honeymoon stage, and we were just like, oh, everything is sunshine and rainbows. It's the song Everything is Awesome from the Lego movie. (laughs) It literally (laughs) is. When you're living our dream. (laughs) It literally is, though. And then you move past that. And there's, I think there's something, like, bittersweet about moving out of the honeymoon phase because it's inevitable. It will, it will end. And instead of being, like, disappointed that it's over, it's, we were kind of talking about how, like, a it's lot It's time of, to live in reality. Yeah. It's like you step out of your dream state and you come into reality and you're like, okay, I've committed to this person and I need to figure out how I can show up and be the best I can for them. Yeah. You know. And, and also I'm getting tired of holding in my farts. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Thanks. I've heard some people will like not fart. Like I saw this one thing. It was like, how long did you go before you farted in front of your significant other? This one girl wrote and she was like, I still haven't. And I've been married to him for four years. <laughs> I was like, sis, you have got to. You're going to experience so much indigestion. (laughs) Anyhow. Man, there was a phase. It was our senior engagement trip. Yeah. Where everything went. Where you and I were farting (laughs) with each other all the damn time. I'd be like, I have to fart. And then I'd do it. (laughs) And vice versa. And you'd look me dead in the eyes. (laughs) Look me in the eyes, this air leaves my body. Did you hear that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but seriously. Oh, but it kind of does go along with that. It's like, you know, you kind of step out of that phase of, oh, this person is perfect. No, they're not. It's like, no, they're not. They fart too. Everybody poops. <laughs> but it's kind of that idea of like, you know, being able to... I think that's why so many teenage relationships end. Because the honeymoon... They can't fart in front of each other. <laughs> no. <laughs> the honeymoon phase will end, and then they're just like, oh, what do we have left? Things that we don't like about each other? Because I've seen everything, and I've done everything, and now I'm, like, not feeling all jittery and butterflies anymore, you know? It's like, obviously, you still, like have that spark for that person but it's not like you get nervous around them as much as you used to mm-hmm. yeah i still get nervous around you sometimes because i'm like oh he, he, he. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what i'm saying but no okay. not really well i know what i'm saying 
<laughs> I'm sure another girl can relate. But, um, I don't know. I think that it's weird to, like, see people unwilling to accept that that's going to end and see, see people who um, act like it's, like, their honeymoon phase isn't there. They're just like, oh, yeah, no, this is just the way we always are. It's like, mm, are you sure about that? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad our honeymoon phase is over in a way because it's technically you could say it's going to start back up literally when we go on our honeymoon. We are going to be all goo goo eyes and yeah. cutie pie. In our wedding. Cutie pies. But it's interesting seeing that go mm-hmm. and looking back at it now because I would say we're still relatively equally affectionate as we were then. Oh, yeah. I don't think that. I don't think the, that affection leaves. That's not what I was... Oh, yeah, I wasn't saying you were... Oh, no, I, I didn't think that, but... But it's more so, like... I guess it's more conversational in a way. Yeah. You definitely start having those... Things like, oh, what's your favorite movie? Yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite ice cream? No way, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Have you eaten at this restaurant? No. Whoa. Now we're gonna go there. Oh, the food was so good. <laughs> That's my summarization of the honeymoon phase. You just described... It's like... And then you have, like, the sparkles in your eyes and you just stare at each other and you don't talk to each other. (laughs) That's the time. I don't feel like we ever had that, but I feel like both of us... It's impossible. You have an Aquarius rising. (laughs) All right. Noah likes to make jokes about how I talk a lot. (laughs) Ah... Let's all laugh at me. This is one video on Instagram that I love to show Aspen. Oh my gosh. It's my favorite ever. thing ever. And it's just this compilation of this. I think it's an ad for something. And it's just the same guy asking these really random questions. And <laughs> the caption is no one. Me to my boyfriend at 1 a.m. And the compilation goes a little something like this. You ever have your desire to write your name in wet cement? You have your hearing tested lately? Call plumber to your house? How much would it take for you to spend the night in a cemetery? It's just all these really obscene questions that, you know, you just wouldn't think to ask somebody. Not obscene. I would say weird. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. I was telling Noah last night that I've always had a lot of questions to ask people, but I know that I come off as annoying because I ask so many questions. So I don't ask them. But when I started dating, I was like, well, you kind of signed up for me to ask you questions. Mm-hmm. And so. That's all right. I told Noah that he can tell me whenever I need to stop talking, but that has yet to happen. Yeah, it's all right. But it was I, I bring this up because we were watching the movie Seven mm-hmm. two days ago. And you paused the movie to ask me. I don't even remember what you asked me, but it was just so funny because it reminded me you, of that. I asked you how you can tell when a crush is over. Right. And then you, we talked about it later as to why you asked that. And I was like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. As did the, you know, that, that was on your mind when we're watching this <laughs> crime thriller. Well, yeah. No, a lot of things run through my mind that I just don't ask people. And I'll, like, literally have full-blown conversations in my head. I'll just be like, oh, I wonder about this. I bet this happens, but I wonder about that, too, you know? It's like Mac, except he does it in real life. Yeah. And it's nothing personal, but it's just, it's just how he is. He's just eight, so... <laughs> yeah. Eight in Aquarius. The eight of Aquarius. 
But anyhow, what were we talking about? Couple stuff, obviously. Couple stuff. The honeymoon phase and how it's the honeymoon phase. How it's gonna inevitably end. Oh yeah, but You know what's really fun to do as a couple? What? Sing together. Okay, yes. Yesterday when we left Harvest Beat, I put together a set list of like just songs we that we both know the words to and can sing as loud mm-hmm. or as good as we want. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of all time low because that's the band you and I really click on. Yeah. Aside from a handful of others, but that's the one where that really stuck with you that mm-hmm. I've shown you so far. Yeah. But I just put together a small set list for the ride home and we sang a lot of happy songs and yeah. it was very fun. It was like a little mini concert in the Batmobile. Yeah. We love to sing really loud. Yeah. It's like super fun all the time. What's funny though is I actually can't help it. Yeah. I can't help but to sing loud because I feel like in order to get to the range that I need to, I have to sing loud. You just kind of have to like commit to it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. No, I feel that. I don't know. I don't really sing as much as I used to, which is kind of sad, but. I mean, I sing all the time. Yeah. Like on my way home from work, I'm typically singing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Or Fridays, typically, instead of listening to a podcast, I'll start listening to um, just music. Yeah. Yeah. I've shown you Machine Gun Kelly lately. Yeah, he's a cool artist. I've been trying to think about... I've been listening to a lot of The Smiths. and mm-hmm. listen to that today. I've been listening to Sifton Stevens. Have you ever heard of him? Mm-mm. Mm, he has a lot of, like, emotional music. A lot of instrumental stuff. Yeah also been listening to peach pit as always i love like that's probably that's what stuck with me that you've shown me so far that's probably gonna be one of my favorite bands for like my whole life and hosier he's good we kind of discovered him together because you bought tickets to him and i was like oh never have heard a ton of his stuff aside from take me to church yeah and then we went and it was a really good concert such a beautiful concert like i would probably go to one of his concerts again oh yeah me too that was a good one but i'm trying to think of like what else i listened to lately You'd need to add songs to the NA show playlist. I know. I'm not very good at doing that. I'll like have to I'll have to go on there and like add stuff again. Yeah. But it's just so good. Anyhow. Anyhow. Mm, you wanna close this out or do you have any more talking points you wanna talk about? I don't know. How long have we been going? We're at fifty three. Hmm. Yeah. We could talk about Sorry about that. That's alright. <laughs> Um, did we talk about seven? In, we talked about how you asked me a question in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, this isn't like the recommendation, obviously, but Noah and I have been getting into the spooky season mood. We've been watching. Okay. Oh, I did want to talk about American Horror Story 1984. And oh yeah, that how was awfully the biggest disappointing it was. <laughs> that was so terrible. We binged that entire nine episodes, was it? In like one weekend. Yeah, and it was so disappointing. I was thoroughly upset by the end. Like like the last four episodes, you'd think, oh, like everyone's it doing this. It builds up to this big showdown. Yeah. And the last episode is just pure exposition as to what happened that night. It literally is just like everyone in a cabin telling a story of what happened and you're just like are you serious right now i made a joke and i was like i bet we're gonna be here for the whole episode yeah (laughs) and then it's like so i was so disappointed i was like really let down by i don't know i feel like i feel like american horror story nowadays is kind of hit or miss like 
What's the Colt was really good. That's Colt, the, that's the only yeah. recent one I could think of that's been pretty good. That was super good. That was really messed up though too. I think that's the thing is like 1984. This one and Colt have some really like grisly killing in them. Like yeah, this one a little more so. It's a little over the top at times. Yeah, just kind of like twisted where you're just like, oh, I didn't know that I needed to see that because I didn't. You know? Yeah. This dude gets put in an oven at one point. Yeah, he does. And there's a lot of stabbing and a lot of slicing and impaling. and. It's a lot based off of, like, 80s slashers slasher. along with 80s serial killers. Yeah. Like, the highway killers in there. Yeah. Um, they talk about... Richard Ramirez. That's his name, Oh, right? yeah. Richard Ramirez. He's in there. The Night Stalker. Um, Actually, like... I just want to say real quick, the actor that they got looks dead like Richard yeah. Ramirez, like the actual guy. It was scary. I was like showing Noah a picture of the real Night Stalker and he was like, whoa. Yeah. They did a really good job with the casting on that guy. But it does. There's some interesting twists and turns in the sense of who you think the actual serial killer is at first, like the slasher. Yeah. And then it's revealed that someone else is. Yeah. And then there's like a bunch of serial killers in it for lucky no reason yeah at times and what i found kind of disappointing was the way characters discovered new information was just because another character already knew that and they told them about it yeah i think that's what got me to i think that it was like they had a few good plot twists in there where you're like whoa i didn't see that coming right but then other times the way that they would reveal it was like Oh, okay. All right, that was a little anticlimactic. Yeah. But. But. Also, what really pissed you off was that it says 1984, but we go from, like, the 70s to 84 to the 90s, back to the 80s, up until 2019. Yeah. So you don't stay in 84, which is. No. Really weird. They, like, have to timestamp everything, like, so fast because they jump from year to year. Like, one of the episodes, they go to, like, three or four different times. Yeah, and, and I was like, like, I don't even oh, know what you're okay. doing anymore. Yeah, so it's a little frustrating. I mean, I would give it maybe, like, a five out of ten. That's being generous. I'd say a five or a six. Yeah. Just because the first third of it was pretty solid. Yeah. It's a little cheesy at first, but it's like, okay, it's the 80s, so I kind of like get the it. It's like the 80s cheese that I liked about it. it was but. Like, yeah. And then you progress and you're just like, all right, now this is getting a little weird. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't really like how they incorporated other things into it. They incorporated like supernatural stuff into it. Like how Richard Ramirez, I don't know if he was in real life, but he was, he was. Okay. Like he he actually thought that he was like friends with Satan. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they took that and they dialed it up to like 20. A million. Yeah. Yeah. Like to the point where it actually influenced other things what is actually happening like you do this really weird ritual and then you just get out of jail yeah and it's like all right it's kind of a weird plot device yeah but and he was kind of the main character which i wasn't really expecting him to be but he was like one of the main characters and you're just kind of like oh okay but i don't know it could have been better but it, it wasn't like absolutely trash because of the first few episodes saving it but i don't know i was i was still disappointed like i feel like they could have done so much more with it but some of the dialogue is absolute cheese though oh my gosh one of the monologues is just like you're listening to it and you're like 
This is done so poorly. Like, ew. Like, you can see how hard the actors are trying to, you know, make it sound so serious. Yeah. But you're just like, just man, like, nothing like can save this. Yeah. One of the scenes was absolutely hysterical, where it's revealed that one of the characters slept with a serial killer, mm-hmm. and she has this new boyfriend. And so all the boyfriend says is, What? nothing else and so his girlfriend goes on this rant on how you know yeah. girls are oh you know you guys just sleep around and when you a girl think I'm a hoe and-, and it's like all he said was what and he left it at that and she just like she like him. ripped him a new one <laughs> <laughs> that just gives you goes to show like how you just could not take the show seriously at times it's like hun I've thought about other men before what you think that I'm a slut? <laughs> no. It's that kind of energy, though. That's literally kind of what she said. And he was just like, I I didn't mean... I just said what? Like, <laughs> he just kind of is like, okay. <laughs> like, wow, that was a little forced, but... Yeah. Okay. And we're not saying that there's not truth to that. But we put it in terms of the show, it, it's, it's a cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> and, you're just kind of like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> But one movie that was, it's a, that's a TV show, obviously, but mm-hmm. a movie that we watched that was done well was, we brought it up, Seven. I had never seen it. It's a seven because of the way it smelled. <laughs> Noah had never seen it. It gave me, like, actual, like, Zodiac vibes. Oh, same director. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. But um, just, like, it was so well done, and the actors, like, Brad Pitt and, is it Morgan Freeman? Yeah. Who's in it? Yeah. Couldn't remember. Um, and then Gwyneth Paltrow is also in it. I love her. Yeah. But, um, obviously we can't give away the ending, but... That thing's been out since, like, 98. Yeah, that's true. But there could be folks like us who haven't seen it before. Long story short, though, no spoilers. They're chasing a serial killer after who's killing based off of the seven deadly sins. Yeah. And what I really liked about the movie was you do not see any of the murders pretty much you just see the aftermath of them yeah david fincher does a really good job i journaled about this how he did a really good job staging the scenes and pulled really great performances out of the actors Mm -hmm. and it's all these really subtle pieces that give the overall feel and tone yeah of the film that because there's this one scene where someone's only describing what happened mm-hmm. and you your stomach turns just from the description of it yeah it's like obviously there's a visual cues in there to help with that mm-hmm. but it's you don't see any of the murder you see the aftermath of them yeah i think that's why i like see i like well done crime like thriller movies like that because mm-hmm. i don't like slashers I think that's why I was a little disappointed by 1984 was there was like so much blood that you're just kind of like I get this is modeled after like 80s slasher movies and like 80s horror movies but I like them to an extent when I feel like just turning off my brain yeah there is there is an extent where you're just kind of like all right you could have done this differently and like like there was so much killing in that season just like so many people died and you're like this is insane so you really didn't need to die but plot yeah so i liked that it was very intentional but i don't like murder movies where they're like showing the person getting killed or whatever and it's and it just like makes you feel really sad and like nasty and i like how they used each moment to kind of leave it up to the imagination right and so it's like obviously since we've never physically experienced seeing those things we don't have to like 
see how it actually would look. But we can just be like, oh, I could see how, you know, this could happen or... He's really good at being aware of the audience's expectations. Yeah. I think that, like, have you seen Zodiac before? Yeah, we watched it together. Oh, that's right. I forgot. But, yeah, that's such a good movie, too. And uh, what was that other one with Jake Gyllenhaal in it that we watched? Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. That was really good. That was a good one, too. But I love those ones, those movies that, like, kind of mess with your brain a little bit. Mm -hmm. But we were also talking about how we both love movies that could be taken at a face value where you're just like, oh, it's about X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Or you can watch a movie like Seven where it kind of, it, like, has that element, but you can also interpret it and kind of deconstruct it a little more to get the, like, philosophical Which is what I like to do. I love doing it. Like, I'm such a theoretical thinker. Like, I like to think about that sort of thing. Yeah. And I love movies with symbolism. And I, I also like watching films that like very mundane films like the Lorax or whatever yeah. just to give a really wild example and it's I think about it from a f- filmmaker's perspective mm-hmm. along with a writer's perspective where it's like obviously some of them are cash grabs and you know mm-hmm. there's not much more to that but deep down it's like this movie exists for a reason I want to know why someone put it out mm-hmm. why they went this way and what they were trying to convey to the audience, what deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Lorax kind of shoves it down in your face where it's like, we got to save the trees, but... Yeah. What's that YouTube channel that you were telling me about? He has like that... Oh, Karsten Runquist. Yeah. I think that, like, now that we're talking about that, that would be a good thing to, like, share with people. Yeah. Because, like, the things that I've seen that you have showed me, he, like, has a very similar perspective where it's just like, oh, yeah, this is... You know, I just, I love... They're also hilarious, though, his videos. Yeah. I just love people who are able to kind of think on a different level. But, you know, another reason why I love talking about movies with Noah is because he and I will interpret something in a totally different way. And kind of like how I was saying with Call Me By Your Name, where it's like, he'll point out certain things and then I'll point out certain things and then we'll realize together like the true meaning of the movie yeah. we're like oh we just figured it out you know yeah. to go back to David Fincher films mm-hmm. um, the director Matt Reeves pulled heavily from this is Seven and Zodiac for the story of the Batman really yeah I think the new he, one yeah with yeah. Robert Pattinson I think he wants to pull lean more toward the detective side of Batman because obviously mm. the Arkham games do it. He's the world's greatest detective. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but wow, it's kind of never been done in film. Yeah, going into the detective aspect of Batman. Uh huh. So I'm really interested to see where he takes it. Wow, that'll be really cool to see. Yeah. How interesting. But okay, we should watch a, a good movie after this. Yeah. Make our, we're going to make some steel-cut oatmeal for lunch because it's a fall day and yeah. do some spices and oat milk and stuff. I'm excited. Mm. Anyhow, Anyhow, but I'm really excited for that film along with going deeper, going into deeper meanings of film. Mm-hmm. Even like shows like Community where they're considered sitcoms, mm-hmm. I like to deconstruct each character and deconstruct their arc and what the meaning of everything is in a sense Mm -hmm. like 
Abed. He's very meta. He's very self-aware. He even sometimes knows he's in a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Where he'll be like, oh, we're going to do that, you know, sitcom trope and whatnot. And it's like, he, he's very self-aware, yeah. which I like. And then you have people like Jeff, where at the beginning he was probably one of the most unlikable characters in the show. Mm-hmm. And now you just look at him and he's like grown a lot. Yeah. Obviously he still has some characteristics that are just quirks he has mm-hmm. but he, you could see how much he's changed and now he wants to be more selfless than selfish mm-hmm. yeah that's true yeah i just love watching movies and shows me too especially when they're good yeah i want to show you this one episode of spongebob <laughs> be, hear me out because carson runquist did this analysis of it this very deep analysis of Jeez. it he's like i feel like the show is a lot more sophisticated than we give it credit for and so I'm going to show you the episode, then I'll show you the video. Okay. I want, to see, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. Maybe we can do that. That sounds good. nice. Yeah. Fun. Anyhow, should we wrap this up? Yes. It is my turn to give a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think what I'm going to recommend is... Hmm. Honestly, I was just thinking about it. You should go buy yourself a nice candle. Because the other day, I lit my candle that I have. What brand is it? I'm going to go find the brand real quick because okay. I have to recommend it. Oh, man, this thing has, still has a lot of life in it. I don't know why, but I thought it was a lot more empty. No. I bought that candle last year. And, um, yeah, it smells good. I know. So it's the PF Candle Company, and the smell that I have is amber and moss. But they have like other ones that are like teakwood and tobacco. And oh, I love the smell of tobacco. I know. Oh, but their candles just smell like so, 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 so good. Like they just make your whole room have like such a cozy feeling to it. And so, in the light of the rain season, coming at us get yourself a nice candle make yourself a cup of tea or something like that and just like watch a scary movie with someone that you love because that sounds like a nice time it's a good recommendation thank you we'll speak at you guys next week probably more about couple stuff to be honest yeah just because we have a lot to say about it if you're looking for some advice please dm us on instagram at the not applicable show we're active we just don't post yeah we'll read it we'll be there but, um, yeah, that would be really cool. Maybe we'll put out a little thing to tell you guys that you should ask us advice or ask us a question about ourselves or whatever you would like to know because I don't know, know about Noah, but I love answering questions and I love asking them. Yeah, I know so, you do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. You can um, follow us on any listening platform like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you like to listen. And if you want to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated. That way we can reach more people and have more conversations with more of you. And, um, yeah, like I said, we're on Instagram. It's not applicable show. And our personals are Aspen Just and Noma Just. And catch you guys in the next one. Yeah, we will. Talk to you guys later. Take care. Bye. Bye.